to the Mariners cast presented to you by Sports Ethos, your place for worldwide sports coverage. I'm your host, Tino Ganasius. You can find me on Twitter at Tino Junior 20 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners. What's up, y'all? It is August 25th, uh, Friday. The Mariners start a three-game series against the Kansas City Royals in Seattle uh, starting tonight at 7-10. Mariners enter this series 71-56. and They are tied with the Astros, one game out of the American League West behind the Rangers, and tied for its second wild card as well. Mariners have a plus 86 run differential and are 8-2 and two in the last 10. Um, on today's Mariners cast, we will break down uh, the Kansas City Royals as a team statistically versus the Mariners. Uh, we will go over the tonight's pitching matchup, which is Brady Singer against Bryce Miller. And we will uh, talk a little bit about the Mariners' uh, individual stats uh, as of right now. The Mariners are 127 games into the season. That is 78%. So just over three quarters of the way through. Um, some interesting takeaways for me statistically uh, with some of the individual Mariners players. Uh, so we will go over that as well. Uh, this will be probably the only Mariners cast that uh, I will do until Monday. So we'll talk Royals, we'll talk series, um, and where we expect to see the Mariners coming out of this weekend. So as I said, the Mariners are 71-56, and 56, one game out of the American League West, tied for the second wild card. ESPN gives the Mariners a 70.8% chance to make the playoffs. Think about where the Mariners were a couple weeks ago. Maybe three weeks ago, a month ago, the number I remember was like 28%, 30%, right in that range. Mariners go on this run, it's now 71%. It's also 71% according to Fangraphs. Fangraphs projects the Mariners to win 90 games this season. They give the Mariners a 29% chance to win the division, a 29% chance to clinch a bye, because in all likelihood, the AL West division winner will, will uh, clinch a bye. And interestingly, a 5% chance to win a World Series. If I'm being honest, I haven't really thought about the 2023 Mariners being a World Series winner and a, and a world champion. When I saw the 5% number, it was higher than I expected. And I actually allowed myself to think about that as a possibility for a quick second. So one in 20 chance, according to Fangraphs, but uh, more than a higher number than I think we've seen recently. So uh, that was kind of cool. Um, and I took a step back. The Toronto Blue Jays are a game behind the Mariners um, in the wild card race. They host the Cleveland Guardians this weekend. Uh, their pitching matchup is Tanner Bybee against Chris Bassett. Chris Bassett is, you know, old veteran, six-pitch mix, um, kind of a, your typical four ERA pitcher. Tanner Bybee is uh, one of the young Cleveland Guardian stud starting pitchers. Uh, he and Gavin Williams, they've got more on the way, but Bybee is is really good. Um, low three ERA, capable of shutting this Blue Jays uh, offense down. So I would give the pitching matchup to the, the guardians in this game. Um, but it is in Toronto and Toronto has a, uh, with Bichette, a pretty good offense. The Astros 
are in Detroit for a three-game series against the Detroit Tigers. Framber Valdez against Matt Manning. Houston clearly has the pitching advantage. Obviously, Houston has, has a better offense as well. Um, as of late, the Tigers haven't been that bad. Spencer Torkelson has heated up quite a bit. So uh, I will be following that series. You would expect the Astros to take two of three, um, especially considering they have the pitching advantage most of the time against the Tigers. And then the Rangers are in Minnesota. Dane Dunning against Sonny Gray. Uh, Minnesota is first place team in the AL Central. This should be interesting. This should be a dogfight. Uh, the Mariners and the Astros have the better matchups when you look at uh, the play- contending playoff teams for this weekend. So the Mariners take on the Royals. The Royals are 41 and 88, 25 and a half games behind the Twins in the AL Central. They are completely out of it. A minus 165 run differential. The Mariners played Kansas City about a week ago. Uh, took three of four. We talked about that series at length. Uh, currently, the Royals are scoring 4.01 runs per game. Over the course of the season, the Mariners at 4.74. Mariners have uh, moved up in that ranking uh, recently. So they're up to 11th, the 11th highest scoring offense in baseball. So for all of the crap that DePoto took, the Mariners took earlier in the season, even in the middle of the season, about the offense being terrible, the offense at the time, from a run-scored perspective, was was league average. The Mariners now have an above-average offense from a run-scored perspective. Um, that is an interesting thought, given uh, popular opinion recently. The Royals' ERA team ERA is 5.13. The Mariners' 3.69. So the Mariners are a run and a half better pitching-wise than the Royals are. Kansas City's whip is 1.41. That is tied for 24th in baseball. The Mariners are 1.18. The best team in the major leagues at limiting uh, runners on base. The Royals have a 9% walk rate. The Mariners 6.8%. Mariners are the best at limiting walks in baseball. The Royals strike out. 20.8% 20.8% of the batters they face. The Mariners, 24.6. Mariners are fifth in baseball in K-rate. From a hitting perspective, both teams hit to the Mariners, 242. Royals, 243 average. But the big difference is the Mariners have the Royals by 23 points in on-base percentage. So the Royals do not take walks, as we know. We saw that in the last series. Um and then the Mariners' slugging percentage is 18 points higher than the Royals. So Mariners have an advantage offensively. Mariners have an advantage pitching-wise. The Mariners are playing at home. Um, Mariners have something to play for. This all stacks up to be a uh, minimum two of three wins in this series for the Mariners, potentially a sweep. Uh of course, last time there are, I feel like every time I say it, it doesn't happen, but um, statistically, that's what we're looking at. So I decided to pull uh, the Mariners stats, hitting stats for the last seven days, the Mariners stats individually for the season and then the pitching stats for the season as well. Um, over the last seven days, Tailscar Hernandez has a 1.149 OPS. He's hitting 444 with a homer and five RBIs. 
he's on fire. And I think he's quietly on fire because I don't hear people talk about Teoscar Hernandez. It's almost as if Mariners fans don't want him to do well at times. Um, but he's been on fire for a while now. And uh, this last week shows the most immediate, but he's been doing this for a minute. Uh, Ty Francis slowed quite a bit, 663 OPS over the last uh, week. Gino Suarez, my notes with his stats are just Gino is second half Gino. Uh, I talked about how much of a better hitter he is in the second half of the season as the weather warms. Um, he's really settled into kind of a, an 800 OPS hitter doing damage. 280, 379, 440 triple slash for Gino in the last seven days. He's got a homer and five ribs. Josh Rojas is on fire. Uh, 409 average, 1.026 OPS, a homer and four RBIs. Uh, Cal Raleigh is just being Cal Raleigh, you know, low average, two homers, OPS over 800. Uh, Julio's hitting 500 in the last week. Uh, Cade Marlowe has slowed a ton, kind of under the radar. He hit, he's hitting 100. He's two for his last 20. And Dominic Canzone's numbers, um, 375 with a 1.063 OPS in the last week. But I feel like every ball he hits is hit hard. Um, I like him more and more every time I see him hit. On the season, so uh, we all know there was talk about Julio, you know, is Julio actually a superstar, you know, nationally speaking. They're talking about Julio as, you know, maybe we were overly hyped on him. What's wrong with him this season? Sophomore slump, yada, yada, yada. Through three quarters of the season, he is now hitting 277, 337 with a 461 slug and a 798 OPS. He has 34 stolen bases, 30 doubles, 21 home runs, 80 RBIs, 76 runs scored. So if you say, if you think about, just say we're at the three quarter pole, right? That's a hundred runs, a hundred RBIs, 40 stolen bases, 25 or so home runs, like, and a gold glove center fielder. I, I know I do this once a week, but I'm telling you, he is an MVP candidate. He will be an MVP candidate for the next 10 years for the Mariners. Thank you, Lucky Stars. Uh, Cal Raleigh has 24 homers and a 765 OPS, hitting 224. I think, because and these stats are very similar to last year, I think Cal Raleigh is going to be the same thing for the Mariners as long as he stays healthy for a long time. And he's elite. He's second in Fangraph's war in the American League for qualified catchers. He's fifth in all of baseball. For qualified catchers, Fangraphs war. Cal Raleigh, we're lucky to have Kyle Raleigh as well. And then one other note, J.P. Crawford's uh, on base percentage. He is 11th in baseball, and he is third in the American League. Overall, not for catchers, overall. Um, most everyone else is kind of not meh, but it's it's average. It's You have an average offense top to bottom. You have a an elite catcher an elite on-base guy at the top of the lineup, and an MVP candidate in Julio Rodriguez. And that's kind of what puts the Mariners just above average offensively. Uh, Pitching-wise, as I looked at the numbers, it, 
it was striking to me how similar um much of the results are of the top four Mariner starters, meaning Luis Castillo, George Kirby, Logan Gilbert, and Bryce Miller. Um, they arrive at their results in different ways, right? We I talk about it at length, the different pitch mixes and attack plans and all that sort of thing. But if you take whip as, which is a very important stat to me, because it's the number of uh, base runners you're allowing per inning. Luis Castillo, so between Bryce Miller and Logan Gilbert, if you take the top four Mariners starters, their whips are between 1.01 with Bryce Miller and 1.07 with Logan Gilbert. You have four starting pitchers with whips 1.07 or below. That's insane. That is that is all you can ask for from a starting staff. They all limit walks. Uh, they all limit walks. They limit hits in many ways outside of, you know, Gilbert and Kirby do allow um, a number of hits because they're in the zone so much. Uh, George Kirby, I think, limits the damage a little bit better than Logan Gilbert does. But it's just, it's striking just how um, how similar these results are for each of the pitchers. Luis Castillo leads in ERA at 315, Kirby 328, Logan Gilbert 377, Bryce Miller is down to 378. Um, it's cool to see. And as we all know, any team would be extremely lucky to even have three of these guys. And it looks like Bryce Miller is a fourth. Uh, Brian Wu has the potential to be a fifth. Um, he still needs to figure out his splits a bit and, you know, stay healthy as we know. But I just I found it striking when I looked at the numbers together, these pitchers are so uh similar. Relief-wise, the my notes on the relief pitchers is just statistically they're so diverse, uh, which is a lot of what you want out of a, a bullpen. You want to have different arm angles, um, different approaches, pitchers who are dominant against different types of hitters. You've got Matt Brash who is striking out 14.6 batters per nine. If I would have seen that on an old Pursue the Pennant or Dynasty League baseball card um, growing up, I would have uh, immediately snatched him up. Uh, that number is super high, 88 strikeouts in 54 and a third innings. Uh, Justin Topa, under the radar, 1.13 whip, 2.10 ERA. You know, you look at Paul Seawald, you miss him, 2.93 ERA, 12.6 strikeouts per nine. Um, Taylor Saucedo, as of late, has not pitched as well. 3.26 ERA, but 17 walks and 38 innings. And since the, the last few blowups, Andres Munoz is, is looking human. 35 and two-thirds innings, 1.23 whip. Um, I'm still kind of puzzled as to what the Mariners are doing with Munoz. Again, I expect to see him in a uh, more of a seventh and eighth inning high leverage situation or relief position pretty soon here. So that was a fun dive for me to look at um, the team or the individuals overall through three quarters of the season. Uh, we will do this at the end of the season as well. We'll certainly um, really dig into the numbers in the off season. 
the plan is to take e- an individual player um, every couple of days and really do a deep dive into their season, what they did well, what they can improve upon. So tonight at 710, uh, Mariners face off against the Royals. Brady Singer is taking the mound for the Kansas City Royals. Right-handed starting pitcher Bryce Miller for the Mariners. On Saturday at 110, it's Jordan Lyles against Logan Gilbert. And then Sunday is TBD against Luis Castillo. We covered Brady Singer um, a bit last week uh, before he faced off against the Mariners. I guess that was on the 14th. Um, Real quick recap, 27 years old, right-handed starter, sinker slider, very classic sinker slider pitcher. Uh, Eight and nine with a 5.04 ERA and a 1.36 whip. Um, He was very good against the Mariners. On the 14th, seven in the third, two hits, two runs, one walk, eight strikeouts. He pitched on the 19th in um, at Wrigley against the Cubs. Three and two-thirds innings, nine hits, four earned runs, two walks, three Ks. So, of course, the Mariners got the good version of Singer. Uh, home road splits I found interesting with him. 3.98 ERA at home, 6.75 on the road. And then one other note. About Singer um, this season, his ERA is June, July, August, so the last three months, three four nine in, in June, four three five in July, three one six in August. So, a lot of the bloated ERA comes from the beginning of the season, but he's really settled out to be a, a much better pitcher than his year, his 2023 yearly ERA says. He was a part of the big push to draft pitching by the Royals in 2018. Um, I went back and traced that draft. The, that draft currently, um, the Royals have a number of pitchers who have either, or players who have either been on the team this season, the major league team this season, or are currently on the team. So Singer was picked 18th overall. Uh, Jackson Kowar, right-handed pitcher, was picked 33rd overall. Daniel Lynch, left-handed starting pitcher, was picked 34th overall. Chris Bubich, who was pitching very well this season before getting injured, uh, was picked 40th overall. Kyle Isbell, starting outfielder, picked in the third round. And then Austin Cox, left-handed reliever, was picked in the fifth round. So this was Singer, Kowar, Lynch, Bubich were supposed to be the backbone for the new generation of Kansas City Royals starting pitching. The only one of those four who's in the rotation currently, obviously, is Brady Singer. Singer and Bubich are the only two who have really had any sort of success in the major leagues. And Bubich's success was was only at the beginning of this season for, I don't know, six, eight weeks or so. So not a successful draft. Like, successful in that these players are major league players. And when you have a player reach the majors, that you drafted that is considered a success regardless of how good they are. But I think the expectations were higher of this draft class. So Brady Singer's going tonight for the Royals again, sinker slider mix against right-handed batters. It is exclusively sinker slider against left-handed batters. He sprinkles in a bit of a changeup. Um, the only pitch above 12% whiff rate is a his slider at 33.6. 
So changeups and sinkers, you expect to get hit. Um, not a strikeout pitcher, but he does he did accumulate strikeouts against the Mariners with that slider. The uh last note on Brady Singer that I found um was that when you pull up his heat maps for the location of his three pitches, he very clearly locates his pitcher, his pitches pretty much where he wants to. Um the sinker he might want a little bit lower because the heat map the most red portion of it is pretty much middle, middle, just slightly below. And he does give up a 313 batting average and a 512 slug against that sinker. I think if you asked him, he would want that slightly lower, but the slider is like the majority of the slider, the red portion of the slider location is low and outside from a right to a right-handed hitter. And like literally outside of the zone, it overlaps the bottom corner, the bottom outside corner against righties. But the majority of it is outside. Like it's the perfect heat map for a slider, in my opinion, from a right-handed starter. That's also where you want to locate it against a lefty if you're throwing out his back foot. And then the changeup is located bottom corner, bottom outside corner to the left-handed hitter, which is where you want it. And he has thrown 143 changeups. And he's thrown 143 changeups to lefty. So he has not thrown one to a righty whatsoever. So very good command from Singer. Um, the heat map shows it. I found that really interesting. Uh, he's the type of pitcher, though, that I wish the Mariners could get a hold of. I think there's untapped potential. He averages 92 on the sinker. So the velocity isn't quite there. But you have to ask yourself, why does he not throw a four-seamer? Obviously, the four-seam shape is not good because otherwise he would probably have it in his repertoire. But four-seam shape and four-seam spin is something that the Mariners can teach. And I think if you were to add a four-seamer to his pitch mix and you were able to locate something up, Brady Singer would be a much better pitcher than he already is. I'm sure the Royals have tried. They just don't have the level of instruction that the Mariners do. Bryce Miller's going for the Mariners, 25 years old, right-handed starting pitcher. We all know this. Arbitration eligible in 2027. He is a free agent in 2030 at 31 years old. Think about that. The Mariners, Mariners fans, as long as Bryce Miller stays healthy and isn't traded, have him in the rotation until 2030. How cool is that? Eight and four with the 378 ERA and a 1.01 whip. He does not qualify for the ERA title, but if he did qualify, he'd be first in baseball in whip. If you set the league leaders to a 90 pitch or 90 innings pitched minimum, for which he qualifies, he'd be tied for the major league lead in whip with Nathan Eovaldi at 1.01. That's how good Bryce Miller has been at limiting base runners. 97 and two-thirds innings, 79 hits, 89 strikeouts, 5.1% walk rate. Again, you sit the, set the innings minimum to 90 innings, and he is tied for Zach Gallen in walk rate at 13th in baseball, and he's sixth in the American League. He's also in the 91st percentile for uh, walks allowed. So very good command or very good control. I wouldn't call Bryce Miller a, a precise command pitcher as of yet, but
but very good control, very good at limiting walks. Um, part of his success has also been that uh, he limits, he, he surrenders a lot of fly balls, but he doesn't surrender a ton of home runs. So 32% fly ball rate, that is 8.5% higher than league average. Above average um, pop-up rate uh, and way below league average with ground ball rate. He is, his pitches are in the zone 4% more than league average. He throws first pitch strikes almost 5% more than league average. And his whiff rate is league average. So Bryce Miller fills up the zone, first pitch strikes, tons of fly balls, tons of pop-ups. Um, it's what you would expect from uh, someone with a an elite spin forcing fastball. But um, it's interesting to watch and then see the numbers support that. Lefties are hitting 251. Righties are hitting 187. He has been better at home, 329 ERA than on the road, 4.40 ERA. Uh, he's had really good starts his last uh, three starts, given up no more than one run. Um, he hasn't strike out, struck out many in the last two starts, but he did have 10 against the Angels on the sixth. One other ERA note. In June, he had a 5.48 ERA that he had a bad month in June. But every other month, he's been between a 3.00 and a 3.94 ERA. Every month outside of June. He's been incredibly consistent for a young pitcher. The last note that I wanted to share on Bryce Miller is um, I talked about it the last uh, time we dove into Bryce Miller. He's introduced a, a sinker and not just dabbled in it. Like he is full on invested in throwing his sinker, which is cool. And it falls right in line with the George Kirby approach, the uh, Bryce Wu or Bryce Wu, Brian Wu approach. It's what the Mariners are teaching. In so he's thrown 78 sinkers so far um, this season. 56 of them have come in the last three uh, starts. On the sixth against the Angels, he threw 47 forcing fastballs and 11 sinkers. So 11 sinkers on the sixth. On the 13th against the Orioles, he threw 38 fastballs and 18 sinkers so decrease the use of the fastball increase the use of the sinker and then in his last start in Houston on the 18th Bryce Miller threw 29 four seamers and 27 sinkers think about that he went from not throwing a sinker probably five starts ago to splitting his high velocity pitch usage between the four seamer and the sinker so He's really quickly um, inserted this pitch into his repertoire. He's using it primarily against right-handed hitters. Uh, it's the same thing that Brian Wu and uh, and George Kirby do. It is what to watch for when you're watching him pitch. Super fun. I love that we have access to these numbers to see these kinds of trends. Um, we are seeing Bryce Miller develop as a pitcher progress as a pitcher in front of our eyes each in uh, every start. Watch his sinker usage. Let's see if this was, if the split between four seam and sinker was because he was facing the Astros. And as I've said, the Mariners really 
change up their patterns against the Astros or if he is truly going to start to split his um, high velocity usage between the two seamer and the four seamer. Uh, Lots of fun. I love watching Bryce Miller pitch. He's probably my favorite Mariner starter to watch um, as of right now. Not because I have him in my home fantasy league, but also because I love Bryce Miller. Uh, Mariners should take two of three, potentially sweep this series. Again, pitching advantage, hitting advantage, something to play for. Just remember that 71% chance of the Mariners making the playoffs as of right now and a 5% chance to win a World Series. Can't ask for a whole lot more than that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, wish I was going to the games this this weekend. Uh, enjoy the games. If I'm not back with a quick Mariners cast this weekend, I will be back Monday to review the series against the Royals and preview the upcoming week. Um, thanks for listening. Once again, this is the Mariners cast presented to you by Sports Ethos. My name is Tino Ganasius. You can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20. It's T-I-N-O-J-R-2-0 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners, E-T-H. O-S-M-A-R-I-N-E-R-S. One of the last warm weather weekends of the summer. Enjoy that barbecue. Get outside. Do your thing. Have that beer. Go Mariners. Talk to you soon. Peace.